Good morning. Good morning. Good. So you got all the good stuff out of the way, right? <laughs> Indeed. So technology has become a wonderful tool in our daily lives. Most everybody has a mobile device, yeah? Um, we use it to make calls, send text, read our Bibles, uh, you know, and engage with one another. It's also become a very valuable navigation tool. It helps us find businesses, find directions, and, you know, for the most part, it'll provide us directions on how to get there. Hey Siri, find Cocoa Head Trail. One possibility I see is Cocoa Head Crater Trail on Kamikani Street in East Honolulu. Is that the one you want? Nice, thank you. You know, it's great when it works. I don't have to unfold any maps. I can just sit there and take you know, Siri or whatever the directions give me and just follow the prompts along the way. But that's not always the case. Hey Siri, find Kamehameha, tra or Kamehameha statue. My web search turned something up for find Kamehameha Max statue. Have a look. No, find Kamehameha statue. Hey Siri, find Kamehameha statue. One possibility I see is statue of King Kamehameha Ooh, nice. South. Want to try that? All right. So that didn't work out exactly like it was supposed to. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, exactly, it found it, right? <clears throat> before, before leaving Colorado, a dear friend of mine and I, we decided we were going to go on a hike. We'd always wanted to, but we didn't have enough time to do a 14er, which is a 14,000-foot peak. So we decided to do one called Devil's Head Fire Tower. <clears throat> now, this is just a little southeast or southwest of Denver, um, and we've got... There we go. Perfect. Um, and it's, manned, it's one of the last working fire towers in Colorado and I think in North America. It's been manned by a gentleman by the name of Bill Ellis. He's 85 years old. He and his wife have been going up for the past 35 seasons to do this. He hikes up to the top of the fire tower in the morning, hikes back down, has lunch, hikes back up. And if you see the trail, do some Google search on it later. Um, and you'll see the, the, the towers and the, and the stairs that you need to climb to get there. It's quite a hike. Not to mention, it's three miles from the trailhead to the cabin, right? So, uh, so it provides beautiful views, but also, there you go. It also, you're able to see thousands and thousands of ladybugs. It's just amazing. I remember the first time we were there, right? So Aaron and I and Emily had been to the trailhead many, many times. But this time I decided I was going to rely on Google Maps to, to get us to that point. So we jumped on the interstate. We took our way down. We made the exit. We got ourselves down to the correct dirt road and you know, proceeded to go you know, uh, towards our trailhead. Now, as we got down there, I, I, I looked at things, and they didn't quite come up as I had remembered. Now, <clears throat> my wife will gladly attest, memory is not one of my strengths. So the road began to climb, and it was becoming less and less recognizable. Turns out that Google Maps had put us on an old U.S. forest road, and, which was steep, 
which was narrow, sometimes one lane, provided some beautiful scenery, but it was a little, you know, unnerving at times. Now, we eventually did find our way to the trailhead and uh, enjoyed our hike and got home safely. So now I've got a question. Have any of you received bad directions, had to ask for help, or just plain got lost? Come on. Yes, yes. Good, I just want to make sure that I'm not alone in this, yeah? All good. So, as we continue on our I Am series, we've heard that Jesus is the resurrection of the light, the bread of life, the good shepherd, the light of the world, the true vine, and all those referencing direction, navigation, and guidance for us. Now, if you have your Bible, please turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 6, if you have your mobile device. And you're more, more than welcome to read aloud if you'd like. Read along. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Pretty clear directions on how to get to God, wouldn't you say? So the statement was delivered to the disciples in the final Passover before Christ's crucifixion in the upper room, the Last Supper. All of them were gathered, and Jesus had just washed their feet. He had just told of Judas's betrayal. He had just told uh, Peter that he would deny him three times before morning. I can only imagine, it might have been a little hot, a little tension in that room, uh, pretty uncomfortable. Now, this one statement provides three facts and one incredible result. So I want to break it down briefly each one. Beautiful. So, the first one is, he mentions, I am the way. Basically, he's telling us there's only one way to get into God, and that's through him. He's predicting his salvation, salvation for us. He doesn't mention, he doesn't imply, he doesn't elaborate, he doesn't even suggest that there are other ways. You know, you don't have to go make a pilgrimage to a foreign country to ensure, you know, that you're going to get saved. Uh, you don't have to, you know, give lavish gifts or build huge churches or, you know, do public works so people see you and, and be recognized of you. You know, that's not one of the ways. Uh, there's no need to participate in ceremonial rituals, um, you know, burning offerings or spinning prayer wheels. There's no need to confess your sins to other clergy and then their uh, punishment will provide your forgiveness. He, he clearly states there is one and only one way to our Father and that is through him, Jesus Christ. Yeah? So the second fact is that he is the truth. Now, since his birth, a virgin birth, everybody has been trying to discredit him for many years of who he was. He wasn't the Messiah. No, there's no way he could be. You know, he wasn't from God. No. You know, everybody tried to discredit him, but there were many who didn't 
many who believed in what he said. And it's so important that we realize the truth that he is providing us. <clears throat> so Jesus is speaking to the, the disciples, kind of calming their nerves. He's got some very important things to tell them why in this upper room, his last days on earth. Uh, so 14 verse 1 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. For you know the way to the place that I am going. So in this verse, Jesus is telling them that he is going to die on the cross, he's going to rise to Heavenly Father, but he is going to come back. Something that we're all looking for, right? So Thomas, also known later as Doubting Thomas, said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so, so how can we know the way? So these men, these disciples, they'd been with Christ in his walk for about three and a half years, the start of his ministry, right? Um, they'd been traveling the countryside, city to city, and witnessing the miracles, the compassion, the interaction, and the treatment of others, all firsthand. How great would that have been, right? Yet, even still, they had questions, and Jesus continued to provide clear, concise guidance. John fourteen seven says, If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Ah, sorry. Bounced ahead. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you know him and you have seen him. So, basically, God is saying all his works, or Jesus is saying all his works are done through God. You know, he is doing God's work on earth. And everything that he has seen, everything these disciples have witnessed, have come directly from the Father. So Philip continues to question Jesus. Lord, show us the Father, for that'll be enough. Now, how many times have we asked God, just give us the answer? You know, we've prayed for something, and just, you know, just give us the answer. Tell me, what do you want, to, want me to do? Tell me, what is it that's, you know, that I need? You know, but it doesn't necessarily always seem that clear, you know, at least for not for me. Uh, hopefully for others, Right? So, again, during their time together, Jesus had performed numerous miracles. And these miracles were typically done in large crowds, big settings, because Jesus wanted to make sure that there were people witnessing this to ensure credibility, to prove he said he did, or he did what he said he, he was going to do. And in a lot of cases, they were miraculous, things, nobody, things nobody had ever done. He wanted people as a witness. And again, all these were done in the name of the Father. So he responds to Philip. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after all, these, all the time, I've, such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Again, 
Jesus is attesting to who he is, whose work he's doing, and that he's the heavenly son. And he reminds Philip about these great miracles. Now, in verse 11, he further confirms this. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So, anybody ever heard proof is in the pudding? You know, talk is cheap. Until you say, do what you say you're going to do, your credibility could be compromised. Yeah? So Jesus had provided a strong validation and said who he was. He had proven where there was a caring and loving, loving God. Now there's, there's one other verse, I'm not going to throw it up on the screen, but there's one other verse that I want to bring to your guys' attention. And in these times, it is kind of important. It comes from Matthew chapter 24. And Jesus had just left the temple after confronting the Pharisees for being hypocrites and not doing the godly thing, you know, that they were you know, in it for their own good. And it's one of the earliest mentions where Jesus announces his second coming. Matthew 24, verse 4 and 5, it says, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many are going to come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. So as we all anticipate Christ's return as Christians, as followers of Christ, there will be many imposters, many false prophets coming, and there's even mention that Christians will stray. That's why it is so important that we continue to build our foundation and our relationship based on the truth that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. No other. So important. So the third fact out of the verse was Jesus said, I am the life, referencing eternal salvation. So, eternal life, eternal salvation has been promised from the beginning of time. Back to Genesis, when God had a conversation with Adam. There was only one stipulation that God had. He's told Adam, But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from that, you will certainly die. Pretty clear message. Well... Here God provides a beautiful landscape, a beautiful garden, all the food and meat and everything that you could need, provides uh, everlasting life, and is going to provide a mate. You, know, you got it all wrapped up in a nice package, but you just can't do this. Well, we know how that turned out. So in Romans 5.18, it says, Consequently, just as one trespass or one sin resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act, Jesus' crucifixion, resulted in justification and life for all people. Now in chapter, John chapter 3, I'm going to bounce around here a little bit and I apologize. 
Jesus is having a conversation with a man named Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus is a high-ranking Pharisee who sits on the Jewish ruling council. And even Nicodemus recognizes that Jesus is a man of, sent from God, a teacher sent from God, based strictly on his works, based on the miracles that he's performed. And here you have the disciples kind of questioning it, and they've seen it firsthand. Nicodemus has just kind of seen it and heard about it, you know, through word of mouth. But John 3.16 states it the best. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When you boil it all down, here you have it. This is what needs to be done. This is how we get there. And pretty concise, pretty clear. The roadmap to salvation. So, it's not uncommon, it's not wrong to have questions, to ask for directions along the way. God is gladly open to asking He wants us to dig in. He wants us to research, and he'll graciously reveal the answers to us. As mentioned at the beginning, we've incorporated technology into many areas of our lives, right? What are we going to have for dinner? How to make it? How to work out? What craft are we going to make? For those, my daughter's not here, slime, you know, the latest slime recipe. So all of it requires us to dig in, to take a little time. So I've got a question. Do you have 10 minutes to invest in yourself? 10 minutes that you can take for you each day. I'm sure everybody can find it. Several weeks ago, Matt challenged us to bring our Bibles to church each week, one time a week. Last week's message, Pastor Thomas, was to stay connected. You know, remain connected to the vine. I'd like to challenge you to take those 10 minutes that you just found and invest that time between you and God. Whether it's in devotions, whether it's just reading your Bible, or whether it's in prayer. Taking time to find the answers you're looking for, to listen to what God wants to share with you, most importantly, to continue building on a strong foundation with your personal relationship with God. God and Jesus Christ. So where do we start? Well, we publish or provide monthly reading plans, chapter by chapter, Monday through Friday. It gives you Saturday and Sunday off. We have the daily bread. And yes, we actually publish the reading guide on our Ohana Facebook page and on the Ohana website for those that are technologically savvy. Are you currently searching for an answer? Are you looking for a request on behalf of yourself, a friend, family? Don't be afraid to ask. Fill out one of the paper request, or one of the prayer request cards that's in the bulletin. Drop it in the offering basket. Or get in touch with Pastor Thomas, Pastor Danny, or Matt. Don't be afraid to ask. Because as you see, our road trip is already over. <laughs> no, our road trip has just begun. We know where the destination is. Pretty clear. 
we've got the roadmap. All we have to do is unfold it. Got to make sure that we get snacks and nourishments. What's a road trip without good snacks? Get our nourishment along the way. And we got to make sure that we refuel weekly. Keep that gas tank full. As you're going to see, there's plenty of seats available. The nice thing is, is we can always invite friends along on this road trip. We're not limited to the size of our car. You know, there's plenty of room at the Ohana Christian bus. Yeah? Can we pray?